0: continue
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you can't tell jordan's sitting this podcast out again and uh tater and i are left to our to our own uh, our own stupid devices our own stupid devices to uh to uh do this mine seems to be blinking yours isn't is this good uh is yours is your mic on yes is it showing levels on your thing too
0: you might have peaked a little at me maybe
1: know. i'm peeking of course, we all know you peaked in high school. <laughs> 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 That's a truth. Um, um, but yeah, speaking of podcasts, uh, uh, not only is she allowed to come on uh, whenever she'd like, but also um, I've been listening to Wondery podcasts recently. Uh, have you ever heard of Wondery, the uh, the the podcast brand, if you will, the pro- the production company? They've done things I think like I've heard of it. Dirty John, Dr. Death, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Over My Dead Body. I listened. I have listened to both seasons of Over My Dead Body, and I am starting uh, Dirty John right now. All their podcasts are just so good. They're so well-written. Um, they're enthralling. Uh, they just know how to tell a story. And I don't know if it's because they hired a lot of journalists uh, to come onto the podcast to tell a story, but all I know <laughs> is it's real good real real good
0: nice you know they're not they're not paying us to say all these good things about them
1: Th- they aren't but man would it be cool if one day Wondery <laughs> decided to say hey you know what we, we need we got on the network <laughs> you know what we need we need a a podcast that goes against all of our brand and uh, <laughs> makes no sense with anything in yes. our podcast family let's get Cinematic on there hey I'm all for it Wondery reach out um, but yeah so i've been i've been blowing through some podcasts lately uh mostly because as i said on the last episode i have a puppy and i have to drive home every day at lunch to let him out oh really and then to drive back home yeah because yeah, Paige can't because she's a teacher so she has a plan hour uh she doesn't get lunch she has an hour of plan where she can eat her lunch while she works oh uh leaving me to be the only one who can go and to, we haven't uh, hired like Rover yet, or any of those apps that'll come walk your dog and stuff yet. Uh, but yeah, I'm. Uh, so far, I have been the one having to drive home and, and let him out every lunch. And I actually have someone enjoyed it uh, because I can listen to podcasts and I just enjoy the twenty minutes back and forth. Yeah, so it's not bad. Um, but I would never listen to our own. I listen to ours. No, I, I do. Everywhere, Every once in a while. I don't know. You've got to so, <laughs> pump those numbers up. Uh, sometimes you get, <laughs> I have 18 running devices in my house uh, that I just play the Cinemaxe podcast on.
0: Yeah, I like going back and looking at all the wonderful points I make in every episode. And
1: yeah.
0: no, like, there's God, plenty. I'm
1: so good. You have to listen to the whole thing then to yeah. get, get all of them. Um, but yeah, we have a loaded uh, episode today. And when I say loaded, we have a light episode today. Uh, Tim and uh, Jordan sitting this one out. So... Why don't we just get this thing started right now on today's episode of Cinematic? Stick, we're gonna be talking a little bit of DC news, Birds of Prey trailer, Colin Farrell as the Penguin, that Aquaman animated series that was announced today. We're also gonna be talking about what we watched this week, which we watched a lot this week, so we have a lot to say. And finally, we're gonna talk those Oscar nominations: who was snubbed, who is deserving, and what do we think about just the Oscars in general. That's all happening right here, right now. It's time to dive in. This is
0: CineMaxTick.
1: And theme song over. <laughs> As always, I'm your host, Max Liedem, at Max Fozzy. Back again with my friend Tanner Rush at Danger Rush. You and I, uh, we just double-teaming this thing tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Supreme. Supreme, double-team. And uh, you know what? Sometimes I like these podcasts. A little more slowed down, a little more intimate. You know, you went out of your way to light candles and dim the lights. Yeah. Um, I wasn't expecting you to just be in a robe, but hey, I'm here for it. Yep, I've got some... uh...
0: Shit. What's the, you know, the cliche, like, kind of smooth R&B... Uh, artist uh, 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 Marvin Gaye Yeah, maybe I almost said Chuck Berry and uh, I don't know what that says about me But that's Marvin more like classic Gaye. rock Which, yeah. uh, does yeah. not hit Yeah Um, But maybe, you maybe I do put Chuck Berry on When I'm trying to
1: Get it, get it going
0: Set the mood and we'll maybe I Maybe I do
1: Teach their own I've always trusted on, uh Uh I've always trusted that in the safe and supple hands of Stephen Tyler and uh, Aerosmith. Aerosmith? Yeah. Uh, We played Dream On, and that usually sets the mood right. Only that song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing else.
0: It's a very erotic... Song Steve Tyler has a massive mouth, um, large, very large. Steven Tyler, I think that's just a thing with male vocalists, they all seem to have pretty
1: good, uh, pretty good chomper on them. Yeah, Mick Jagger, yeah, oh, Mick Jagger, you know, he has to sound like that. Uh, right? remember it's... the band Fun, yes, Miss Fun. They are bleachers. miss the, Fun. The drummer is now the lead singer of Bleachers or something like that, right? Yeah,
0: but I remember the music video for you know their big hit. Tonight is the night. Not no. I Where guess their other going? big hit. Uh, the.
1: Uh, oh, uh, pumped up kicks.
0: That's a different band entirely. Oh, lose yourself. Eminem. No. Um, Anyways, the the guy in the music video just—I remember being in awe of how wide his mouth opened—and then I think maybe that might be why I can't sing very well. I think I'm tone deaf, and I don't have a big mouth, so wow. those two things are working against me.
1: Usually, tone deafness is the key into being a bad singer. Yeah, that's it. Hey. I'm not sure where we are right now. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, I know. Uh, we were doing our introductions, as, uh, and, and per usual, we do anything, but I don't know. You, we just do what you do. This is why you listen to us. Um, hey, you know what we should do? We should talk about what we watched this week.
0: I think that's a great idea.
1: You know what? And I want to start. I think that's I, a wonderful idea. I have a funny story about what I watched this week. So two things. I watched uh, the Lighthouse, and I watched um, I watched uh, uh, <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, self defense. The guy did the, uh, the art of self defense. The art of self defense. That's the one with Jesse Eisenberg, and the Lighthouse with uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Um, let's start with the art of self defense. The movie is very strange. <laughs> it is very very slow burn. Um its tone is depressing. In in that in that it's it's one of those movies that just kind of makes you sad to watch because it's such a simple life this guy lives and he's surrounded by very washed out beige yellow colors and stuff like that and it just makes you sad to look at when you're just watching it. It doesn't give you give you happy feelings. It's almost like a non-comedic Napoleon Dynamite.
0: I was just about to say it's like if uh Jared Hess, yeah, lost all faith in humanity. This it, is the movie he would exactly. make. Exactly. I thought it uh so I think I we talked about this briefly, but uh, me and Hannah had actually started this some months ago. Yeah. Um but rented it on Amazon Prime and then we got too tired to finish it and then never Picked it back up again before yeah. the rental expired. Yeah. So I didn't get to finish it. I, I was enjoying it from what
1: I saw. Um, but go on. Well, no, it's, I mean, it's very much, I mean, it's very much that. And uh, I will say there's some funny bits in there. Uh, there's definitely comedic bits. It's it's labeled as a black comedy. Yeah, um, pitch black. Not as much comedy as I was thinking I would get out of it. Uh, way more uh, you know, darkness, though. It's it's a pretty dark movie, surprisingly dark. Um, about 18,000 times darker than I thought. And not to say that it's like, oh, my God, this movie's super brutal and gory. It's not. It's just like I didn't expect this movie to be very dark, and, and it very much was. Um, I didn't, I don't know. It was, it was just like, yeah, bleh, you know, just one of those movies you're done with, and you're like, I guess I'm glad I watched that, but I'm not going to watch it again. I wasn't left with any overwhelmingly positive or negative feelings. Just kind of left you in the middle. The characters are well acted. It's uh, They do have good humor about them. Given that this movie is about adults taking karate classes, nothing wrong with that, but they do find the humor in it. Um, and I will say, if there's anything to watch this movie for, I thought... I mean, maybe you can back me up on this since you watched some of it. I thought Jesse Eisenberg's performance in this was really good. Yeah, it's different than yeah. anything he's done before too. Usually, he's been kind of pegged as this kind of you know twitchy, and I think that's actually an unfair assessment. I think he's he's played a lot of different roles, um, but I thought this one in particular, it was a very dark take on that type of personality you think Jesse Eisenberg uh, normally acts with. Uh, in the film. So I thought he was really good in this. And um, that was about it. He was he was convincing in who he was. And, but also, I didn't really like his character by the end of the movie. You know, there, was, there were some things I liked about him, but some things I didn't. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, Tanner, it's hard for me to say if you should finish it or not.
0: I, I definitely want to. Um, I thought it was funny. Like, I remember when i was a kid like third or fourth grade i took uh taekwondo yeah lessons for like a year um and so it kind of hit close to home in some mm-hmm. of those ways when you look back and not that i'm making fun of martial arts but there's something very corny sort of corny yeah. about a bunch of white americans yeah. uh Doing martial arts and just how you know, kind of serious it is, yeah. and, and
1: it's not about learning the martial art. It's about like them like doing this kind of faux respect type of right, thing. Right, right, like, right, 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 yeah, I if mean, you want to learn karate, then learn it. But let, let's not pretend here.
0: I think it's yeah. There's kind of that aspect of cultural appropriation, um, but but then the whole nonsense macho thing, like yeah like martial arts like formal martial arts it's not a practical way to go about uh defending Mm -hmm. yourself in modern times I don't know if the movie goes on to kind of tackle that in any way because I haven't finished it but Mm -hmm. like you know you can throw a mean roundhouse but you know, it, someone's probably just going to tackle you to the ground and then punch your teeth in or yeah. stab you. So, yeah. like, <laughs> there's kind of this, this uh, it's still very much a play acting sort of
1: fantasy so, element to to it. I just remember the, the Napoleon Dynamite karate scene. <laughs> like, Look what I'm wearing. Think anybody wants to get a roundhouse kick to the face while I'm wearing these bad boys? Rex
0: Kwando. Yeah. Forget about it. Yeah. He's
1: got the American flag, shiny American flag <laughs> pants, pants on. Yeah. Think <laughs> anybody wants a roundhouse kick to the face? Yeah, uh, it, <laughs> it, yeah, dude, I haven't been able to laugh without coughing in forever because yeah. I've had this tickle in the back of my throat forever, and I, I I've had enough. Um, but yeah, now it, it's it's um, I don't know. You, know, I call this. I, I want to start my own scale with these movies. One of them being like the daily scale. What type of movie... When should you watch this movie? And that's how I almost want to rate them, <laughs> in a way. You should watch this movie on an, on a weeknight when you're bored. You don't really have anything else to do. Maybe have a cup of coffee or something to drink. And you're just like, ah, I just want to watch something. And you throw on The Art of Self-Defense. And I would say you might want to watch this on a Wednesday. So you have something to look forward to the next day, because it's Thursday, which is close to Friday. Because it might put you a little bit in the dumpers.
0: See, this um, almost to me feels like a Saturday or a Sunday. Like you woke up too early. You've got afternoon plans, mm. but you've got like a three or four hour window to kill there. And then you just throw it on.
1: See, I don't because I, I don't think that because I think the this movie would bum me out for my plans later.
0: Maybe and, and
1: and you know if, especially on a Sunday when I'm already kind of maybe getting the Sunday scaries I got a full week ahead of me yeah and then I'm gonna i to spend two hours of my day watching this guy you know have a miserable life <laughs> I'm like yeah I'm like ah, you know I'm I, I want to appreciate the art of this but I want to give myself something to look forward to without without like you know with the weekend coming up but I don't want to like ruin my plans because I want to be thinking about it so I'm thinking it's a Wednesday movie in particular. Now, I watched this on a Monday, and when I was watching it on a Monday, I was like, man, this is for sure a Wednesday movie. Moving on to the next movie I watched this week. Oh, by the way, uh, The Art of Self-Defense, you know, uh, on our scale of constantly drifting between, we're either going out of 5 or out of 10. I'd say it's out of 10. Hmm. 6.5. 6.5 out of 10. We're the watch. I think its Letterbox score is a little much. It's like three point eight, I think, or was it? Well, let me tell you. You tell me what that Letterbox score is. Three point six. I feel like that's a little rich.
0: You <laughs> rated it two and a half stars out of five.
1: Yeah, so that'd be a five out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> so... Hold on, stars are not numbers. Stars are not. Stars numbers. are not numbers. Now, if I'm rating this on a galactic scale of <laughs> space dust and and collapsing matter. It's probably two and a half out of those. Now, if I'm just rating this on sheer numbers, right? I mean, we're talking we're talking like a three point two five out of five.
0: Sure, sure.
1: Which would equate to a six point five out of ten. Um, okay. Moving on, the next movie I watched this week, Tanner, uh, that you've also seen. So I think uh, I'll just finish this up because I have a funny story. The Lighthouse. Starring Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson, the black and white, classically filmed movie, which by the way surprised me big time with how it really was filmed. I thought, oh, they're just doing the black and white thing, that's cute. It's gonna be cool. No, they filmed this thing on like a on a square frame, like an old old school movie. Yeah, I actually almost stopped it and looked it up. I was like, am am I watching this in a weird resolution?
0: So I actually earlier today listened to a um, director's guild
1: podcast of um
0: so i guess directors guild will have screenings of movies and then sometimes they'll do q a sessions where they will have uh, another director kind of conduct a brief little q a with the director of whatever movie was screened We're
1: talking director on director yeah
0: so this one was um it was actually ryan johnson leading the q a with uh Robert Eggers? Robert Eggers, really? Oh, yeah. that's nice. Okay. And Robert Eggers goes way into the nitty gritty of the camera details, which a lot of that stuff is lost on me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like there was a certain kind of film they wanted to use, uh, that just isn't produced anymore, and would have been too expensive for them to get a hold of. So they filmed it on black and white negative or film yeah and then they actually had like a custom made camera lens to further try to mimic that old school really? super old oh. look they wanted it to look as close to what film would have looked like at that time because photography did exist yeah i, I don't think motion pictures were around yeah i don't know the exact year this movie's supposed to take place but yeah they wanted it to look like photography from that era yeah
1: and it was—I mean—it was a fascinating watch for that. I mean, I respect the hell out of it for its art style and and the cinematography they were able to achieve with what they were using. I think it's—I, you know—a lot of these things can kind of sometimes could come off gimmicky with what they do. Like, and I'm just like, all right, okay. And kind of maybe an eye roll moment because I, because you sometimes you're wondering, all right, are you trying to be a little too artsy? Let's just shoot the movie. Mm. But um but in this case, I didn't find it to be a gimmick because I felt like it actually really.
0: I thought it It, added. It added exactly. It it
1: it was perfect for this type of movie. Yeah. It really. It just adhered itself well to what they were wanting to do. Um, Within the first minute of the movie, like uh, well, within like the first five, within Willem Dafoe being on screen, I texted you guys and I was like, "How was he not nominated for an Oscar? Because he is thoroughly convincing from the moment he comes on screen." (laughs) Massive snub. Yeah. I I I was like, how, how. He is a totally different person here. And he's he's it's unreal. Like he is he is that guy. He is an old ass lighthouse keeper 100% and you know some people were complaining that they I mean maybe they maybe people did some people were complaining that they were having a hard time understanding him.
0: I I did. I kind of I didn't. Sometimes when both of them are going at it, like yeah. it was a little hard to follow. I think next time I watch this I'll put subtitles, subtitles on, on, but I you more or less absorb what's trying to be communicated. Yeah.
1: I Yeah, I, so I I didn't have too big of an issue, but man, I I thought it was great. Um the setting of this, you know, being in a a lighthouse Stationed off the coast of some place, I'm not sure. Our camera would coast
0: New England. Yeah. Um, they're supposed to be as close as possible, um, accurate recreations of a uh, kind of Maine coastal dialects from that time.
1: And did, did they not use like a real lighthouse, or did they build a? Set? They built one. They built a they lighthouse. Built a did light they really? Yeah. Okay. Um, it was
0: filmed in um, Canada.
1: Yeah, and I hear it was incredibly cold. Like, a lot
0: of the weather, apparently, um, that was just the weather. Like, they did kind of have to, there was no CG with a lot of the shots. Um, I guess they just got lucky uh, with how (laughs) horrible and cold and wet it just is where they filmed it.
1: And they looked miserable in a lot of those scenes, which is, I mean, which serviced itself to the film. Yeah. Robert Benson's character, which, what was his name? We, uh, we, Debbie started with a W, I thought. Well, which we find out, wait, it's his, t-
0: He has two names. Okay, I was going to ask you about this. Yeah, he's.
1: Spoilers, by the way, going forward. Spoilers uh, minors, for Miners, yeah. The, the Lighthouse, because I want to talk to you about that. So, what is that? What, he getting he introduces
0: Thomas himself again? as Ephraim Winslow. Yeah. And then um, it turns out that that was the name of a guy in the logging camp who died in an accident um, that he witnessed or like was complicit in or something. Yeah. So that's kind of why... He, what happened to the guy, by the way? I can uh, understand Apparently that. he just died. Uh, I don't know. Again, that was kind of a little hard to parse. I sort of had to do some sure. extra reading. Yeah. But he. So both of these characters' names are actually Tom, which kind of further adds to some of the mindfuckery yeah. later in it. But.
1: Why'd you spill your beans? Yeah, Tommy? they're
0: both named Tom. Um, let me see if I can get.
1: That was. The characters'
0: names pulled up. So Robert Pattinson is Thomas Howard. Willem Dafoe is Thomas Wake. Mm. And this is actually inspired by a real historical event where two lighthouse keepers went missing and both of them were also named Tom.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Well, okay. So, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, that's an end of the movie type thing when we find that out that that, uh, Robert Pads' character's name is Thomas. But for the most part of the movie, uh, Willem Dafoe's Thomas character is a lighthouse keeper and Winslow is basically his lackey in a way. Uh, who's come here to work on the lighthouse and the cabin who has daily chores that he has to do uh, that pretty much makes his life a living hell and it looked completely miserable Um, and basically it's just a film where you're just watching these two guys live together in this in this you know unforgiving landscape uh, where they don't really get along they don't really have anything in common um, and they have to try and make the most of what they have. That sounds like it's going to be like a buddy comedy. It's not in any way shape, or It's forth. kind
0: of a comedy though. It is like a, it is a actually funny yeah, movie. There is
1: some, the there's some really funny bits. Um, but yeah, it, and kind of just how their relationship builds over four weeks. It's a four-week span that they're here together, and how their relationship kind of builds, and obviously, you know, in various parts falls apart. But yeah, there are a lot of comic, co- comedic bits. I I felt terrible. For Willem Dafoe's character, which Robert Pattinson is like talking about how he wants a steak, and he's like, "You don't like my cooking," and he's yeah. like, "You fancy my lobster." <laughs> I've seen like, it. He's like, "You fancy
0: me lobster."
1: He's like, "I don't, I don't like it." And he yeah. like shakes his head. So like, oh. yeah, they're
0: arguing about that, and then Willem Dafoe's character launches into like a two-minute long. He just curses him. Yeah like puts like a sea curse on it uh, it's just this 2 minute long right. raving monologue. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible the Shakespearean. Yeah, I loved it. Thing oh, and all, then I want to watch this again. Of course it's like holy fuck and then Robert Pattinson's character is like, "All right, have it your way. I like <laughs> exactly. your cooking." Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. then it just cuts goes, to yeah. the next scene. All right, no, that was the funniest <laughs> yeah. part
1: of the movie. He does that whole monologue and you're like, "Oh Jesus, is getting for real." <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine, it's good and yeah. see I thought that was, that was great um, um, But it was really funny though About this movie in general My funny story I was telling you earlier um, I was starting this movie And Paige goes Do you think I would like this movie? And I was like Yeah, I think you would It's kind of artsy But uh, I think you would appreciate it for that And But yeah, I was like I'm going to watch it And she's like, okay And I started watching She didn't watch it with me And I get about an hour and 15 minutes into it And I'm starting to get tired again and not because it's bored uh, boring. Uh it's definitely a slow burn, but it's one you want to be awake for. You're and you want to make sure you catch everything. And at about like an hour and 15, I pause the movie and it's like, ah, "I think Paige Paige should watch this with me. She probably would have really liked this so far. It's kind of interesting, it's very bizarre, but interesting in a way. Um she she should watch this. Pause, go to bed. Next day, I get home from work and I go to finish the movie and literally <laughs> within a minute of me pressing play from where I left off, I'm like, You know, I don't think Paige would like this movie. (laughs) Because. Yes. Because we get to see a mermaid's nether regions. Vagina. Vagina. And it's very large. And it's. uh,
0: If you've ever. Very disturbing. Ever gone about life thinking, God, I wish someone would just show me what a mermaid (laughs) vagina looks like. Well, Robert Akers heard your prayer, and the lighthouse answers that.
1: If you ever were like man, I never want to think of the little mermaid the same way ever again. Robert Eggers Don't. coming through.
0: I actually read something interesting about this. So I guess you know how the Starbucks mermaid has two tails, right? Yeah. Uh, apparently uh, at one point that maybe that was the like the classical depiction of mermaids. Mm-hmm. So the implication there And, you know, this is a very horny movie. (laughs) Very. Um, Surprisingly horny. But with two tales, right, presumably there is a space in between where a horny, lonely sailor man could theoretically fantasize about being able to do what you do. Mm -hmm. Um, And then hundreds of years later, I guess there was people wanted to sort of Air quotes here. Clean up the mermaid image, sanitize it. So just single tail, no no room for lady bits. Wow, there's a, there's a whole and bunch of so, lore. To the yeah, so Robert Eggers was like, well, I want a mermaid, and I want it to look like be to depic- depicted as more appropriate to that time period. So the single tail thing is when. That's come into place, but he's like, but still, like, how is Robert Pattinson's character supposed to imagine yeah. having sex with this?
1: Which he does, which we see. we see Or him, at least hallucinates. We see him hallucinating, thrusting on top of a washed up mermaid. He also is wanking it a lot in this movie. A lot of,
0: there's a lot of masturbating, there's a lot of uh, bodily fluids.
1: A lot of bodily fluids. I think
0: all of the fluids probably make an appearance.
1: And we see that one point,
0: Willem Dafoe cranks it too.
1: <laughs> we see every flask fluid. He does see cringe. both their butts. We, we see both their butts. We see a large, massive dump in a bucket. That I God, guess they the just, chamber pots. Yeah, they just have to use. That, that. was
0: such a perfect part too. Oh, he's yeah, going he... to dump out these overflowing chamber pots and the wind's howling. And like you all know, you know where this is going. Yeah. Goes to dump it. The wind just blows it right back in his face and then he just lets out this perfect scream and then it hard cuts cuts. perfectly cut
1: scream yeah
0: amazing i
1: uh yeah i i don't know i don't know why he he seems like a smart guy it's like hey you know what i want to do i want to throw these turds into a blustering wind coming straight at me i'm gonna catch one of these the eye um but yeah weird movie man (laughs) Weird movie, but I liked it a lot. I did too. I, I did not it a lot.
0: like it as much as I liked The Witch, mm. but I did still very much love it. I it reminded watching it. I was like, man, this feels like not that I would pull it off as well, but it's like this feels like the kind of movie that I would try to make. Yeah, like it. It was on my wavelength. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite love the ending. I felt like that was a bit of a cop-out. be
1: honest, I can't remember what the ending is. So he, he gets into the lighthouse. He finally
0: gets up in the lighthouse because Willem Dafoe is trying to keep the light away from yeah. him. So he kind of obsesses over it and witnesses Willem Dafoe, I think, masturbating to the light yeah. one night. Um. Anyways, so he finally goes up, opens the lens on this thing, sticks his hand in and then sees something or is just burning the hell out of his hand, yeah. he kind of screams it goes crazy, and then falls all the way down, lighthouse, and then it cuts to uh, Pattinson's character naked on the rocks. His oh, that's right. eyes have been pecked out, his stomach is open, and seagulls are pecking at his innards. So I'm not entirely sure if that's supposed to be what is literally happening or if this is just another bizarre nightmare he's having.
1: Yeah, I don't know what that was. I, was I like, mean how did he get out there? Right.
0: Why well, is he naked? Um so uh, that's kind of my issue with it is I feel like that ending it there that's too um it's almost too much of a I wouldn't even say a thematic ending, although a lot of people are saying like, no, it's like the Prometheus. It's
1: too heavy handed. It's the yeah. it's the
0: Promethean myth of uh, you know, prometheus trying to steal fire from the gods and then being cursed to an eagle ripping out his liver and eating that every day as it regrows so that imagery is kind of mimicked here um with the seagulls and then he's trying to get to the light in the lighthouse so there's a connection there
1: um but that actually seems kind of apt
0: but uh, again like that's there but i don't think that's really some kind of thematic core of the story Uh, it's there's not a cathartic ending anyway. It's it's more of just like an aesthetic ending. I mean, I guess I could see how that like works. he just had this image and he's like, yeah. ah, that's how I want to end yeah, it, it. it almost then, seemed
1: too heavy-handed, like artsy. Like, yeah, like, oh, this is gonna really throw him off. How did he get out here? It's like it doesn't well, make any yeah. sense. But I also do see how that actually kind of thematically does fit now, because Robert Pattinson's character is a person who, you know, I think he mentions how like the. The, you know, the life of fame and fortune was really never meant for him, and he's kind of been cast to this life of trying to be a simple man and, and work for a living and type of thing, and and then he tries to go steal that light, you know, from the gods type of thing, and he gets struck back down to where he was. I don't know. I guess I could see something like that. I don't know. I never would have thought of that without you telling me, though. Um, and I took a Greek and uh, ancient, uh, Greek and Roman uh, mythology class. Oh, you... And
0: didn't pay very close attention did you no uh Um, i remember
1: one god wanks it and uh you know it lands on a like a dude or a lady's calf and a a full-grown man that's like tiny pops out of her calf
0: that's cool i don't know who you're talking about
1: hey what'd you watch this week tanner well the lighthouse yeah um
0: Just, you know, I keep... I love it so much because I keep thinking about it. Like, that whole night I couldn't sleep. I was just thinking about that movie and trying to, like, you know, unpack it and everything. Um, uh, you know, Ryan Johnson in that q and I was talking about, he kind of saw it as sort of being a, the other side of the coin to the witch. How the witch is more of a perhaps feminine story. And then... The Lighthouse is more about masculinity. Uh, as Robert Eggers repeatedly said in interviews regarding the movie, like, nothing good can happen when there's two men trapped in a giant phallus. Mm-hmm. You know, The Lighthouse. Yeah. You know. Um, and it, just the, the sexuality that pervades the mm-hmm. movie is so interesting to me. Yeah. Because, like, it's, there's... It's sexuality, but it's never directed towards like, I mean, there are no real women characters in it, mm-hmm. but, you know, he has the whole, uh, oh, what is it called? A scrimshaw, the little mermaid statue, Yeah. yeah. Uh, that he finds and gets all riled up by, mm-hmm. we see Willem Dafoe's character, uh, masturbating to a mattress and then to the light in the lighthouse refers to as like a wife or a lover, Mm-hmm. And then Robert Pattinson's character has the full on hallucinations about the mermaid. And then when they're talking about steak, he's like, if I had a steak, I would fuck it or something. Yeah. So it's like it's very interesting how there's a sexuality the men have, but it's not a um romantic one or even one directed towards women. It's just almost like a violent urge that has to be expressed, and yeah. then, you know, the two of them almost kiss at one point, yeah. and they get awful, awfully physically close. Um, you know, some people are saying like there's almost like an element of toxic masculinity and dressing that down. I don't know if I see that in the film so much, but I, I didn't, I did not. It's so definitely, yeah. um, you know, you can't be too horny and in a lighthouse.
1: You know that's a life lesson that we all could use.
0: The cinematography though is beautiful.
1: Really is, for especially for black um, and white the, film. Uh, that's that's not widescreen at all.
0: I it, love black and white. Um, the whole square aspect ratio. Not the first movie I've seen it. Um, first reformed a couple years ago. Also did that. Oh yeah, I did. Um, I never actually
1: finish that but yeah
0: very uh very bleak but um yeah the lighthouse has just got a it's got a whole go out a whole vibe got a whole aesthetic to yeah. it um it's now entered my top five of 2019 um let's push some things around not in my top three i don't think but uh it, it climbed the list as I suspected, I don't think that's just bias though, but um, I currently have it as my number
1: three now on on the oh for the year,
0: yes, so it's a pushed joker down to four,
1: Wow, leap joker, yeah, leap joker, sorry, I'm um, Paige is having a crisis right now with our dog at home, oh, so is he
0: being a poopy butt
1: <laughs> yep. He's just reached 7 months old and apparently that is literally the worst age ever for a dog. Apparently that is peak adolescence and they're going to start being a real asshole for at least a month and it and it sounds like he's living up to it. I can tell you that much. Paige is in a frantic <laughs> state right now. Yeah. <laughs> Mid podcast. She is she's apparently he's he's peed in the house out of nowhere. Um He's you know he's a very active guy and we can't really get him outside because um, it's snowy out but anyways so let's go back to the podcast
0: I also watched um, Fin because this is me trying to catch up on 2019 as best I can in the next you know while we're still in sort of the dry <laughs> period in movies like January February not a lot comes out yeah it's kind of the dumping ground even though 1917 came out mm-hmm. so hopefully I can see that this weekend. Yeah, I'm gonna try and do that too. Um so we can have a good discussion. No, Jordan has a lot he wants to talk about. Yep. Um Uh oh, oh anyways, Godzilla, King of those monsters. Oh, you finally saw finally it. Finally got see it to in see it. No, I didn't.
1: Sure. Um You were pretty hyped about that movie. Yeah, and uh, you know what? Sometimes it just slips through. That's all right. A little disappointed. Yeah, it seems
0: uh, like it was it was fun. It was fun. I mean, it's it's a Godzilla film. They're all dumb. Like I have no illusions about that. But
1: oh, I thought you were calling Godzilla dumb for some reason, not the movie. No, um,
0: there's a lot of uh, a lot of boring human characters, which is. Normal of any Godzilla film, but yeah, it seems spot on. It's almost just overwhelming. Like, there's so many fucking characters in this movie, and like, they're all known actors too. And it's like, it splits your attention so much for some reason. It's like, who, who, who's the main? Who am I? Who am I? What am I? Uh,
1: This is overwhelming. Is uh, Millie Bobby Brown going to be in the next one? You think? I think I read that. I think she's going to be in it. Um, I don't know about anyone else. I haven't seen any of these new ones. I haven't seen the first new Godzilla, and I haven't seen this one either.
0: You know, the first one I think rubbed some people the wrong way because Godzilla is just kind of teased throughout most mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, the movie finds some very annoying excuses to not show <laughs> what Godzilla's <laughs> doing, and it's not until the very end you get the payoff. Um, and then again, you have a... What's his name? Aaron Taylor Johnson mm-hmm. um, is kind of the main army man and his character is not very interesting and Brian Cranston is in it, but he gets killed off very early on yeah. and I think a lot of people check out around then. Um, you know, I kind of have like a inherent disagreement with sort of the current lore of these Godzilla Kong universe movies. Yeah whereas Godzilla in these is just like an ancient animal that has lived in Atlantis. Spoiler alert, Atlantis is an existent thing in these that's uh, where Godzilla just sunbathes <laughs> cuz there's like a giant nuclear beam just going off down there. Oh wow, okay. Um or it's supposed to be like the earth's core, although there's a hollow earth and it's a, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think making Godzilla just an animal and removing the whole fact that he's a byproduct of the atomic bomb kind of neuters a lot of what could elevate the material, especially having that a creature like that, you know, coming back to America because... United States as much as we're afraid of other people having nukes we are the only country that's ever used nukes against a different country so there's kind of like in theory Godzilla is sort of like the ultimate chicken coming home to roost uh, but you know Americans are you know pussies and we can't have that thrown back in our face in our, in our giant monster movies <laughs> so, so, anyway, I don't know. It just kind of further dumbs things down. Like, I know in my mind, someone out there can make an Academy Award winning Godzilla film, but this is just as schlocky as schlock can get. Um, the monster action is brief. It's kind of cool when some things happen, but there's way too much human, like, convoluted nonsense. Um, under, I was underwhelmed.
1: Yeah. Well, that's all right. You know, not all of them going to be home runs. I'm excited still for Godzilla versus Kong though. And that looks kind of fun. Yeah.
0: I mean, Godzilla should win that fight, but. Kong, uh, did you see the leaked footage? There's leaked footage?
1: Half second, like shot. And of course it's blurry, like all leaked footage is. But Kong is the size of Godzilla.
0: Yeah. I like, they imply in Kong Skull Island that it'll keep getting bigger.
1: And apparently the... But he
0: doesn't have atomic breath, now does he?
1: No. But also the leak is, which of course this makes sense because Kong and Godzilla are both good guys. so obviously... They're
0: going to team up to fight some other monster. This so is the, just the, Batman the, the versus other... Superman. Yeah, exactly. Is you it or Mechagodzilla? It's Mechagodzilla. Fucking course.
1: I actually am really pumped about that. Yeah. I'm like, okay, let's go. That's going to be fun. I want to see that. But yeah. Um, anyways. All right. So Godzilla King of the Monsters. Okay. So that's it for what we watched this week yes all right well let's move on to uh what's been in the news lately uh trailers trailers folks uh tanner i didn't watch the black widow trailer i did watch the bloodshot tra- trailer i did watch some of the uh, guns akimbo trailer and i watched the birds of Play- prey trailer um let's start with the bloodshot one hey it has vin diesel in it it's an action movie about a graphic novel called bloodshot he has white skin he has red eyes you know, it looks somewhat entertaining, but it also looks like every Vin Diesel movie ever. Moving on. Unless you have something you want to say about Blood <laughs> <No>. Joe. <up>. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, let's talk about that Guns Akimbo trailer. You didn't see it. I did watch it. You did watch it. And it doesn't look great. It doesn't. Why does Daniel Radcliffe, he gets in these weird movies, which is fine, but every single one of them have like Z-list actors in them. Like, every single one. It's Daniel Radcliffe, A-list actor. You know him as Harry Potter. but he's, I don't know if Radcliffe's an A-list actor anymore. He probably isn't, honestly. he's he. I mean, Emma Watson is, but he probably has fallen off because he's done all these artsy things, but hasn't done anything with I like
0: mean, a, Swiss Army Man is a work of art, but... Yeah. Or should I say work of fart? Um, oh, you. Uh, but... Uh, it's got Samara Weaving in it. She's uh, kind of a rising star.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, Ready or not. and um, oh, Was she the main character of Ready or Not? Y- yes. Oh, okay. And uh, that horrible babysitter movie on Netflix. Yeah. Um, movie's garbage. But... Anyways, uh, so he gets, like, there's some kind of weird... I don't know if it's a reality show or if this is like a criminal thing. It's hard to parse, but he gets involved in this sort of deathmatch entertainment thing. Someone screws guns to his hands. Bolts
1: the guns to his hands. Both
0: hands. So he can't use his hands only to shoot. I don't know how he's going to manage to reload his guns.
1: Guess we'll have to watch the movie. Uh,
0: But he's basically forced into this. and This looks like such a... Kind of a try-hard, edgy sort of thing. Um, yeah.
1: Ugh. Yeah. It didn't look that great to me. I, I love Daniel Radcliffe. always will because of his brilliant work as the boy wizard Harry Potter. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't really been a fan of any of his movies uh, that have come since. Like, I I like his, I mean, I've liked Did you some.
0: watch Swiss Army Man?
1: Yeah, I mean, I liked okay. it. okay. But I'm like I'm not like oh man I can't wait to watch that again type of thing I'm like oh, yeah that's a movie um okay let's do the uh, Black Widow trailer Tanner um what'd you think of that it was kind of like the first one yeah um
0: you know I still want to see it because I do really like Scarlett Johansson and that character it's got Florence Pugh yeah she's who everywhere. Is, uh you know, she's so hot right now mm-hmm. um. And da, 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 Rachel Weiss, uh, Fat Rambo—that's uh, <laughs> what they call them in Stranger Things, right? I, I, I can't think remember season that. three, someone calls him Fat Rambo. I can't remember the <laughs> David Harbor. David Harbor, yeah. Um, so I'm sure I'll watch it and be like, "Yeah, that was entertaining," but I'm not dying to see this movie. Uh, I feel like I know what I'm gonna get out of it.
1: Yeah. I I feel like I know what I'm gonna get out of it because I've seen a Marvel movie before, and then I've seen sequential ones following it, and I know exactly what I'm gonna get out of it. Which, again, it's not to say it's bad. It just, you know, what you're gonna get. Yeah. It's, it's it's if you don't by this point by movie 55, uh, and, you know, but, and then we got the Birds of Prey trailer. Um, so this was recently announced. It's gonna be rated R. Yeah. Uh.
0: I gotta say, the more I see of this movie, the more I'm coming around on it. I know when yeah. we talked about that poster all those months ago, we—you
1: were not a fan. I yeah.
0: did a lot of a uh, goofed on it, I clowned on it. But the first trailer was like, it doesn't seem too bad. Like the yeah. action seemed good. Yeah, and then this new trailer. It's even more like this might actually be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, and the they they brought in this they brought in the John Wick director to yeah. punch up the action scenes, and a lot of people were noticing that in the second trailer in particular, uh, they're like, yeah, wow, this action seems pretty crisp. Yeah. Um, now, I, again, I've always been reserved. I mean, I just because I've been beaten down by movies that should have been great that weren't in the DC universe, I'm always reserved going into these movies, hoping that they're going to be good and not suck. Um. And I was reserved because, you know, I wasn't sure how I felt about the character designs. And it's was like, okay, this is feeling less superhero-y. It's feeling more like kick-ass with, you know, uh, characters who aren't really superheroes. They're just people. And I'm like, that's not what DC Universe should be going for. But uh, this trailer slowly started to change my mind. We got to see the Canary cry in action. Yeah. That was really cool to see uh, in a live-action movie. Uh, we got to see Huntress in action here. We got to see Black Mask actually put on his mask. Put on the mask. Uh, we got to uh, we got to see Harley's hyena, which is kind of fun. Um, Guy, I- the hyena makes me.
0: I know it's a CG creature, but hyenas terrify me. I know it's like the one animal like. There are plenty of animals I'm never going to encounter in my real life, right. but if I ever see a hyena, like I'm going to die on the inside. They terrify me. Really, those You're... things will eat you alive while laughing at you. Like,
1: and you know, they're horrible
0: animals. Yeah. They're yeah, they, monsters. They
1: torture animals for sport. <laughs> yeah, like do. they just—they literally torture them. They don't even eat them. They're also more cat than dog. You'd be surprised to find out. You know that they're a part of the cat genus. Really? Yes. Isn't that weird? That is weird, very. Um, but yeah, no, I agree, Tanner. It, it's looking better by the trailer. We'll uh, hold my breath. You know, take that with a grain of salt. A lot of trailers have looked good before, <laughs> and the tr- movie is not. Um, but also, I saw a leaked picture that made me really excited, and it was Black Canary and Huntress and their traditional comic Yeah, I, yeah.
0: It seems like it will take them a while to get there. I don't know how Cassandra Kane is going to get to where... Yeah. Boy, did they do a weird casting yeah. or just overall interpretation of this character, who I'm not very familiar with. Yeah. It's just kind of a quick Wikipedia look around. I'm like, huh. <laughs> well, a lot of... Yeah.
1: <laughs> so there's a couple things. A lot of people are saying, okay, this is not Cassandra Kane, It's a completely different character. Why don't you just make it a different character? There's that point. And then the other people are saying, well, it's Cassandra Kane now, and I don't know, they just wanted to take a different, you know, they didn't choose a completely different character because they want her to be Batgirl. She's hanging around the Birds of Prey, and she wants to, you know, she's going to start getting into superhero stuff herself as she gets... But I don't see it, like, you know, that's again, I don't see that type of character becoming, you know, Batgirl because it's going to feel really just like kick-ass or, you know, Watchmen, people who aren't actually superheroes just dressing up as... (laughs) superheroes just to be it. They're just normal people. And then, you know, it's, yeah. So I don't know. The movie looks, the movie looks good so far. We'll just have to wait and see if it actually will be. Um, moving on, uh, some more DC movie news. Colin Farrell has been confirmed as the penguin. There was actually a leaked set photo of him as the penguin on set. He has like white slick back hair, I think in the photo. Wow. Uh, he's, he's not your normal penguin. He looks like he's in good shape and he's, they're taking inspiration from maybe the telltale Batman games where Penguin was actually, you know, a friend of Bruce's growing up and he um isn't a weird, hobbled, gross little thing. It's the complete opposite of what Danny Vito's Penguin was like. Yeah. Which I'm interested to see. You know, I'm I'm, I'm i I'm, I really cannot wait for this movie. Um so Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. And still so
0: uh, far. I feel like we've been waiting for this movie forever.
1: Well, it got announced, and Matt Reeves took three years to write. Yeah, which if this movie comes out and it isn't good after three years of writing, that is going to be super frustrating. The only reason I, the only only thing I'll be okay with is if he wasn't just writing a movie; he was writing the trilogy that he had planned. He's like, hey, I'm just going to write this all at once, and we're going to shoot these relatively quick, um, like back to back to back almost. Yeah, the way. In that case. Okay, then you could take those three years. But still, that was a long-ass time to write the movie. Um, So, yeah, I thought I'd put something else on the DC movie news slate. Uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, HBO Max announced that they're doing an Aquaman animated series. James Wan is executive producing. Because James Wan is executive producing, I have to assume this is following after the Aquaman movie, and it's going to be kind of, uh, I don't know, probably a lead up to what will eventually be aquaman 2 but it's going to be an animated series so very interesting also wondering what on hbo on hbo max also another very interesting thing is what is dc universe doing i'm paying nine dollars a month and you're not getting any of these damn shows
0: i think that's gonna get
1: canceled it's either getting canceled or rolled into hbo max because dude every other show every show that's been announced so far that was like Going to be on DC Universe is no longer there. Stargirl was going to be DC Universe exclusive. It's now airing on CW as well. Uh, the Green Lantern Corps got announced. HBO Max. Uh, now this Aquaman feature got a, a show got announced. HBO Max. It's like, what the hell? So I think that's either getting rolled into HBO Max is going to be a section of it. Or it's getting scrapped all together like, a little over a year after it was announced, which is also a bummer. Yeah, um, dude, even their their biggest show, uh, the the Doom Patrol, is going on HBO Max now. It's gonna air. They
0: must just not have enough subscribers.
1: They probably don't. For I mean, they were doing a lot of content, and I imagine they don't. But I'm gonna be bummed if they roll it in HBO Max and don't include or they don't bundle it, so it's separate, but it's like part of the same price, because. It's still cool for like the comics and everything. You get a great backlog of stuff, but yeah. All right, and finally, uh, the Oscar nominations were announced. Uh, Tanner, let's uh, let's go through those real quick and see what we think of the, the Joker Oscar got Noms.
0: eleven nominations. Insane, That's crazy.
1: It's insane, and you know, I think it's well deserved. I, you know, would have thought best
0: leading actor for Joaquin Phoenix, but I did not expect it to get nominated in 11 different categories.
1: Yeah. I think it was just, they they paid respect to it just because it was, I mean, arguably the biggest movie of the year in terms of critic. Well, actually, hold on.
0: it didn't do critics amazing did with like critics. did like
1: 69 or 70% with critics or even less than that. It was fresh, but not yeah. amazing with critics. But I think it was more of a phenomenon than Endgame was this past year. I, I would think culturally it was a bigger phenomenon than Endgame. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Endgame of course made twice as much money, but culturally, I think more people were talking about Joker's Joker. More people were memeing Joker. It was like <laughs> I, I, I think that was the the cultural you know moment did, of the year in terms of cinema.
0: Did you hear? Um, I, w- it's one of the hundreds of directors that it was one point attached to the flash movie, I guess tweeted, uh, something. I think he's raging a bit, I guess he's a bit salty about his, uh, no longer being involved, but he was like, they should have, um,
1: wait, no longer being involved. Former uh, flash director. Yeah. Oh,
0: cause yeah. I mean, you know, it's gone through however many different yeah. people now. Uh, he, he was saying that uncut gems, would have gotten, like, 11 nominations if they had named it The Riddler. And, like, so I guess kind of throwing some shade at, I don't know who, but some salt there. It's Again, we talked about this, how there's, like, this weird attitude towards the Joker. It's like, people don't want to admit that it was just, like, a good movie. Yeah, I think they're
1: like, oh, it's a comic book movie, but also... It's trying to be art, and we don't want that. Yeah, either. we don't like that.
0: Like, I don't, I'm not getting conspiratorial, but it does seem like critics are like, "Well, it's just copying off of Scorsese." It's like all movies—it's that's copy off each other. Yeah, like that's not that it's doesn't like, mean anything. Yeah, it's and like, then
1: probably taking a thousand different things. Or they're from like, "It's
0: movies. not actually that deep," and it's yeah. like, "Did anyone?" promise you it was going to be like i feel like it does exactly what it intended to do
1: and it's not that deep it's about a man who loses his mind a bunch of things happen he loses his mind that's it that's all i don't know if they were
0: wanting some it to like condemn violence or it doesn't tell you its morals but i don't know like you have a brain fucking figure it out that was my favorite
1: part actually was them making a billion dollars after they're like oh this is for sure like gonna be a it's going to cause spark violence and you know, it's just bad movie. Don't watch it. It's too gruesome. And I'm like, okay, the movie is hardly gruesome. I mean, it's, there's parts that are violent, but it's like, I've seen worse. Yeah. People were making this movie out to be like, it was freaking going to have a moment like, uh, the the Viper and the, the mountain, uh, where it's going to be some disgusting, over the top, violent stuff. I'm like, that never happens. Guy gets stabbed, guy gets shot. He suffocates someone. That's and he and then he shoots a couple other people. But you know, John Wick, I think, does more violent things. Yeah, exactly. In a minute of John Wick yeah. three than the Joker does in his entire movie, by a long shot. Um, For sure, there is. A, if I could read the text of Page sending me about this dog, it is a roller coaster of emotions. And then she just texts me now. He's asleep on the floor now with Z emojis. And then talking about how we're taking him to uh, we're taking him to the doggy daycare tomorrow. Oh, uh, just so he can get out some of his puppy energy with other dogs. Um, but yeah, back to the Oscar nominations. The performance by an actor in a leading role. I'm not gonna say the entire title. I'm just gonna say best actor. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Best actor Antonio Banderas. Pain and Glory. Didn't even see that movie, but it, yeah, he's nope. apparently he's good in Leonardo DiCaprio. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood don't think he should have been nominated for this one. I thought Leo was really great in this, but I also felt like it was very much in his wheelhouse. So it wasn't pushing Leo much, but he was... I mean, he was fantastic, but I didn't think he was being... His boundaries were getting pushed. It was just in his wheelhouse type of thing, is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah. Adam Driver, Marriage Story. Joaquin Phoenix, Joker, Jonathan Price, The Two Popes. I think, obviously... Joaquin is gonna win the Oscar for this. I I don't. Even, I think it's far and away. He's gonna win the Oscar for this.
0: I think so too. I can see that. Um, him or Leo.
1: Yeah. I just I just would be shocked if Joaquin doesn't win it. Yeah. I just thought he was transformative, and everyone else did. Uh, actor in a sporting role: Tom Hanks, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood; Anthony Hopkins, The Two Popes; Al Pacino, The Irishman; Joe Pesci, The Irishman; Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um. Excited about Joe Pesci getting a nomination, literally in his first movie back, getting a nomination in the Oscar. I, I thought it was great. And he was good in it because he was playing a very reserved, like, mellowed out character. And, you know, Joe yeah. Pesci is usually this super angry type guy. And he, I thought he played it rather well and convincingly. Um, we're not going to do, like, predictions forever. I mean, we can do a light prediction. I think we should do an episode based on predictions before long. But uh, if I were to guess, I think Brad Pitt wins that for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, no disagreements here. Actress in a leading role, Cynthia Erivo in Harriet, Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story, uh Cersei Ronan and Cersha. Cersha Ronan and Little Women, Charlize Theron and Bombshell, Renee Zellweger and Judy. I haven't seen Judy, but I hear Renee. I haven't is even amazing. not heard of Judy. It's about Judy Garland.
0: Oh, I've not heard of this movie.
1: Apparently Renee Zellweger Zellweger is incredible in this. <laughs>
0: I feel like, uh, again, I haven't seen all these movies, but neither do the people who vote on the Academy Awards, so I think Scarlett Johansson would, is going to take it.
1: Yeah, I think, I think there's, a, there's a good chance. It's either her or Renee. Actress in a supporting role. Kathy Bates, Richard Jewell. Laura Dern, Marriage Story. Scarlett Johansson, Jojo Rabbit. Wow, holy crap, I didn't realize she got the devil nod. Yeah, she did. Uh, Florence Pugh, Little Women. Margot Robbie, Bombshell. Um, I haven't seen any of these movies, so I can't tell. You Again,
0: when. I w- really think it should go to Johansson Hansen for Jojo
1: Rabbit. She's very, very good in that movie. That's, She's very good in everything. I'm actually gonna watch Jojo tonight. I think. Yeah, right you should. It's great. Um, best animated feature film: How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Klaus, Missing <laughs> Link, Toy Story 4. I'm sorry, one of those clearly is more like artsy. Yeah. <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon, Toy Story 4, Missy Link, Claws, and I Lost My Body. <laughs> One of those sounds <laughs> <just> really... Dr- <laughs> just sounds really funny. I'm sorry. Uh, that. Yeah,
0: and it goes to <laughs> show you like how much children's animation just dominates that, the animation sphere in the West. It would be like, really cool to not, see adult animation. There's not a lot of adult animation.
1: I think it's because, it, honestly, if you ask me, I think because adult live action movies contain mostly all of them contain sex of some kind and people would feel a little uncomfortable in the theater watching an adult animated movie where there's probably some sort of sex scene which he doesn't have to have sex Still but I feel like that's like people when people are trying to tell their live action stories they feel like there needs to be that in it and uh, they can't have that in this so I
0: would like to see it go to claws but same here did I you f- watch that I did It's really good right? I did I watched it while I was wrapping presents Christmas yeah. um I think Toy Story 4 has a leg up just because it's Disney and Disney seems to dominate the best animated whether they deserve it or not
1: well missing link got the Golden Globe that's true I think it's Claus or missing link I hope it's Claus I think Claus was outstanding you've heard my thoughts on this an incredible animation and an amazing story a new take on Santa Claus that is very very well done. Uh, cinematography, The Irishman, Joker, The Lighthouse, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I feel like it's got to be Once Upon or 1917. Or, gosh, light, I mean, all of these are great, I actually. wanted
0: to go to The Lighthouse. I've heard the Cinematography, in 1917 is great. Jordan, seemed, yeah. Jordan said that in the group chat, yeah. so
1: I, I'm dying to see that. Man, all of them um, are good in this, though. I don't but, think The Irishman stands a chance in this one.
0: It's interesting Joker was nominated because, I mean, it was definitely a really good-looking movie, but I'm trying to remember, it's not like there are too many shots there's where one shot, I went like, oh wow.
1: There's one shot that I think actually got at the nomination alone. It's the final scene on top of the cop car where he's smearing the, and you yeah, see the writing yeah. and the lights. The one thing though that takes me out of that scene every time is the guy with the wicker chair that he's yeah, brought Yeah, you to brought the that riot. up. I was like, he, he, that's not off the street. He clearly brought that from home. Or You don't know. You don't know. You don't know. But Maybe just,
0: someone was trying to get rid of it, and he I, just picked it up off the curb. I
1: noticed it in my first viewing, and I started laughing. I was like, everyone else has like some like sort of thing to strike people with, and this guy has a, a damn wicker chair. You
0: don't want to get hit with a wicker I chair. I wouldn't.
1: I wouldn't. Don't I just... act
0: like you're <laughs> too tough for chairs. <laughs>
1: Something about it is funny. Uh, let's just... Okay, so... Uh, Achievement in directing: The Irishman, Joker, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite. Uh, God, I want to see Parasite. I, I want to see it too. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Everyone's saying it's so damn good. I know. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I think though, wins that for best director. I, it, Todd Phillips, I think, is the dark horse to win this though, because uh, I don't. I think he's just getting the nod, like, hey, you know, you did a good thing. Yeah. I think there's a chance though, just because he got 11 nominations that joker wins right uh, for best director um i think
0: once upon a time in hollywood has a little bit more cred for all of them just because well a quentin tarantino and b it's a movie about hollywood and hollywood doesn't love anything more than
1: itself yeah so well okay well, those are the Oscar nominations I wanted to go over. I thought those were the main character, yeah. character, category. So. Um, yeah, guys. Uh, you got our thoughts on that. Next week's episode, we, uh, we delayed our top 10 most anticipated of 2020 because Tim and Jay were not able to be here tonight. So we have moved that back to next week's episode where we'll do a top 10 breakdown of our most anticipated movies of 2020. Uh, we'll also be doing another Cinemaxies episode. Our famous award show where we award whatever the hell we want while we also predict Who's going to win what categories at the Oscars?
0: Kind of already dead.
1: Basically did right there. But now we'll have 10s in. We'll but... so we can make it a little more formal. Uh, we also have some, uh, you know, a new new episode of Force Vision coming up, too. We have a lot more to discuss on The Rise of Skywalker, so we definitely are going to have that coming up and some new little breaking topics and rumors that are going around the galaxy we'll want to talk about at some point soon, so be on the lookout for a new episode of Force Vision. Um, guys, I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Cinemaxic Pod at Instagram, Cinemaxic on Twitter, CinemaxicPod at gmail.com. Download the Anchor app. Search for Cinemaxic to leave us a voice message of your questions, topics. We'd love to patch you in and discuss film with you, our listeners. For Tanner Rush at Danger Rush, thank you again for uh, coming on today, buddy. Anytime. And uh, I am again your host, Max Salita, Matt Max Fozzie. See you guys next week and watch on.